entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Welcome to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. I'll be your host for this podcast series. My guest today is Sherry Marcucci, Marketing and Public Relations Officer for the Palace Theater. And we're going to talk about her role at the Palace Theater, bringing in Broadway shows and a number of, she has guaranteed us, funny stories. <laughs> Sherry, welcome to the Broadway Buzz. Well, thanks, Stu. And this is kind of like a turnabout is fair play, isn't it? I have interviewed you on a number of occasions. Yes, but I have to mind my manners because you are the executive producer of the Broadway Buzz. So... <laughs> I want to keep my job as opposed to getting a uh, pink slip in the mail. Okay. So, well, we'll, yeah, we'll do our best to keep okay. you on task. And, right. So yeah. I, I won't ask you what your favorite tree is or what makes you cry or anything like that. <laughs> very good. Can you tell us about what your role is at the palace? I know we've talked with other individuals that work with you on shows yeah. that come in, but now let's go to the core of the palace theater and what, they do for themselves. To start off, as you probably covered, I know when you've interviewed Frank Tavera, our CEO, and you've spoken to some of my colleagues in, in New York that are kind of my counterparts, so to speak, that I work directly with. What we are at the Palace Theater is a presenting house. So we don't create our product or anything like that. So it basically comes to us canned, if you will. Um, you know, the trucks pull up, they roll out, load in, and the show takes place. They load back out and they're on to the next city. So I say that because we take our orders, if you will, they tell us this is what works to market this particular show. You need this much uh, broadcast TV. Uh, digital, of course, is a big player now. Whatever the media mix is, you know, I take my direction from what they tell it. Of course, we can say, well, in our market, XYZ is, a, is stronger than, you know, this medium. But um, in general, we, we work hand in glove. So I've been at the palace now. I cannot believe this, Stu, because <laughs> I'm entering my 17th year. I'll be embarking on my 17th year in this crazy, fun, exciting industry, which before I got here was not the field I worked in. So there, there it was um, certainly a baptism by fire when I arrived in 2005, I had some background in public relations, but I did not uh, have any background in the uh, touring Broadway theater world. And um, so it was indeed a baptism by fire the day I arrived. And um, it has been such an education. I have learned so much. I've met so many interesting people. I mean, I, sometimes I still pinch myself to say, you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy, you know, because I, 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 you said I promised some stories and I do have some stories, particularly my first year at the palace, which was, it was a crazy year. It was so fast paced. 
I remember thinking after my first couple of days, no one picks their head up from their desk and nobody answers the phone, which was interesting. It was all, it was emails, emails, emails. I must initially, I mean, you kind of figure it out after a while, but I was getting like two and 300 emails a day. I came from a whole different industry, as I said, and the pace was not this. <laughs> so just to interrupt, so that, that obviously is a lot of emails. Are, were these just about the shows or all the different aspects of the show, the nuances of the shows that were coming in? As I said, after parts that they rep the shows in New York. So they're interfacing with marketing directors all over the country at any given time. But I'm also interfacing now. This is, I say this with love in my heart. I, I also interface with those people who want to sell me advertising. So I sometimes it was like piranha you know, circling the feeding frenzy was happening. So I was getting those because I was word got out as a new marketing person. And, you know, so naturally they all want to get in line and be the first one up. And, and I'm telling you from every industry, from radio, print, magazine, um, TV, digital hadn't yet come on scene. This is remarkable because in a short period of time, 17 years, it went from no digital to this incredible technology that allows us to do so many things that didn't even exist in 2005 when I began at the palace. So that's where all those emails were coming from. You were talking about that first year that you had a, a good story of what happened. Okay. So, you know, I, I get to the palace and, you know, start to, you know, learn the kind of how things work. And I started in November. So every May, there is something in New York called the League Conference, and it's put on by the Broadway League. And I explain to people, the Broadway League are the same people who put on the Tony Awards. You know, it's that same arm. So my boss, Frank Tavera, said, you know, we're going to be going to the League Conference in May. Okay, fine. So like a four-day event. So obviously, it's put on for marketing directors and for their CEOs of venues across the country. They wine you and dine you and give you show tickets because they want you to be excited about the shows that are coming out on the road. Some are ones you'll be presenting at your own venue. They make you feel so welcome because they want you to think favorably, of course, about their shows that you perhaps will be, you know, uh, repping, advancing when it comes to your market. This was 2005, and I know you're a theater person, so you'll understand this. In 2005, some very special things were happening on Broadway, one of which was my, turned into my all-time favorite show, was Jersey Boys. This particular trip, I was just so, you know, enthralled by this magic of being a part of this. And what it did also, it cemented in my mind the fact that Palace Theater in Waterbury is a part of this big national chain connected wholly to New York City theater. And I think I didn't quite grasp that until I got there for this first league conference. So I'm at this hotel, you know, nobody else is there um, yet. And I'm in the ballroom and I'm looking around and all of a sudden this, this man comes in. He's short of stature. And of course, I immediately knew who he was. And I walked over to him. I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, excuse me, Mr. Valley. I said, I 
am one of your biggest fans. And I just want to tell you that I am the original Sherry Baby. And he looked at me like, who is this woman? <laughs> and then I explained, you know, that I work for a venue and that, um, you know, I just couldn't wait to see the show because I hadn't seen it yet. And when I finally saw the show, this is one of those magical moments in theater that only live theater can present. There was such an electric connection going from the stage to me in that audience. I mean, that's what live theater does for you. It's just a magical, to me, it's a magical piece of theater. The music is great and the choreography was great. So how could you not like love it? So my other story, there was a rumor floating through the conference throughout the week that our closing luncheon would have a special guest speaker. Now, again, it was 2005, and the show, The Color Purple, had opened, and it had just opened. And um, so, of course, you know, the rumor is that Oprah Winfrey, one of the producers, is going to be our speaker. So we weren't sure, but on this last day of the conference, during our session before the luncheon, they said, please be sure to have your lanyards on that identifying you when you walk over to the rainbow room because yes indeed oprah is going to be in attendance well i was beside myself because i was a huge oprah fan and um so frank and i walk over there and we're waiting in line to go up in the elevator at the rainbow room and my back is to the doors and i'm chit-chatting with frank frank said sherry turn around so i turn around and like this vision The doors open wide and this vision in all white is standing in the entrance and it's Oprah. And I'm less than five feet away from her. And my mouth, I I know you can't see me, but just a minute, my mouth was agape. My eyes were like wide. I looked like a crazed person, I'm sure to her. And she stepped forward. I reached forward. I grabbed her hand. And then I wouldn't let go. And she's smiling, acknowledging everybody. And she's very gracious, but she's trying to move forward to the elevator to get on. And I'm not letting go of hands. So finally, she extricates herself from my grip. And, you know, and she had, there were bodyguards all over. So she goes on her way and gets on the elevator. So we're still waiting in line. And now the next car up and they, um, you know, let people start getting on. And then they stop at me and they said, stop. And Frank is whispering me in my ear saying, oh my God, you're going to get thrown out because they think you're like a nutcase. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Well, as it turned out, the elevator was actually just full. And then when the car came back, I got on. So now I'm sitting at a table and, you know, at the next table over, is Oprah, Gail King, and I'm like, again, pinching myself, like, this is like, unbelievable to me. I cannot believe I'm in this environment. I'm having lunch in the Rainbow Room in New York City with Oprah and Gail King. How great is this? And I turned to Frank and I said, I can't believe you say this is working. I feel like you sent me on a vacation. So anyway, those are my two um, standout stories. And over the years, there's been some other things, but none quite that 
were as good as that Oprah Winfrey and uh, Frankie Valley encounters. Has, has Frank ever let you go back to another conference? <laughs> yes, I have been back to another conference, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a great opportunity to you know, of course, network, learn what other venues are doing um, to help promote the shows on the road, uh, meet your colleagues, uh, hear what's state of the art. And also, this is kind of interesting, at that conference, they brought up the subject in a workshop that, you know, there was this, you know, they're you know, teaching you some, you know, new marketing skills or whatever. So there's this new little thing that's just sort of, you know, just be aware of it. It's called MySpace. And, you know, it's probably more for the kids, but, you know, we may see that that was in 2005 that at first came about and Facebook hadn't even debuted yet. It, it's just amazing to me well, how well, things exploded after that. Well, I think what's interesting, unfortunately, and I have to remember, I never saw Jersey Boys on Broadway. I just <laughs> never... I did see the uh, national tour, but I just, I don't okay. think I ever saw it for some reason. However, when you talk about the color purple, I had the same reaction live because who was starring in the color purple? This woman now who is not a household name, but Cynthia Arrivo, who won the Tony, oh, yeah. who's been yeah. in movie, was absolutely spellbounding. However, Jennifer Hudson was in it. And when she yeah. came out, you could feel the electricity emanating from her. She just had such magnetism and such control over her role and the audience. It was, it was really one of those remarkable performances. Again, like you said, you can yeah. only get in live theater. And no doubt about it. For me, I have tried. I really have tried with the streaming of theater. And I've stopped. Because I, yeah. I can't. I, it just, it's just, it's not live theater. It's theater. And fortunately, Connecticut theater, Broadway, things are opening so we can get out there. But it's, it's tough. And, and I, for people that don't go to the theater a lot, because that magical moment does not happen very often. But when it does, that's what you appreciate. You do. And that's the goosebump moment that you get the, the goosies. And, it, and I can still feel that feeling. That's the thing about it. And just like you just described, you still feel what you felt. I guess that's really what they say theater does. It connects us. And it's like the power that it has that to connect us. So when great stories are being told, in whether it's a musical, a straight play, comedy, drama, you know, telling a great story is just such a wonderful thing we have in life. And to see it live is there's nothing that can duplicate that. Sherry, we are going to take a very short break and then okay. we're going to be back with more of the Palace Buzz. So you sit tight, audience members sit tight, and we'll be right back. Where can you hear the best music from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage? The answer, soundsofbroadway.com, your 24-7 online Broadway music radio station. Listen to selections from well-known, popular, and more obscure musicals from the most diverse playlists anywhere. That's soundsofbroadway.com. Let's go on with the show. 
We're all living through an unusual time together, but each one of us is dealing with it differently. Webster Bank is here to help you move forward at whatever pace is right for you. Whether you're taking small steps or big, bold ones, whether you're refocusing on your future, re-energizing your business, or reconnecting with everyone you love, Webster will help you take your next steps on your time. Welcome back to the Broadway Buzz. My name is Stuart Brown. We are talking with Sherry Marcucci, Marketing and Public Relations Officer for the Palace Theater. Talking a little bit about New York, a little connection between how the Palace and Broadway is really connected. And one thing I did want to say before the break is uh, when I spoke with Frank Tavera before, he really mentioned that because of the pandemic, he kind of realized the sort of the power uh, structure that theaters like the Palace have really more power than other theaters might think because they are part of the food chain that for those touring shows. So it, it really was, I think, something, a new thought for him and for me, and I'm sure maybe the listeners that, you know, there is that synergy. It's not just the touring companies around the country and Broadway one needs the other to exist. And that's why you have these conferences, these sort of mating rituals between the outskirts and the New York audiences because everyone needs each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's definitely interwoven in, you know, a show that um, comes from Broadway, you know, ultimately it makes more of its money usually when it goes out on a tour so it's like a two-tiered return, if you will, for the producers. Um, the producers invest, they you know, put up shows, and then they want to, um, it's just like having any product, any retail product, you want to continue to make money from that product. So this is another way. And then they go off on world tours. And, you know, I mean, so there's international venues and locations where, you know, you could see Jersey Boys in. I don't know, uh, Amsterdam, for instance, or Australia. Well, let's bring it back to the locality of Waterbury. So we now know that how the Broadway theaters, Broadway productions route through Waterbury as they do with many other cities. So talk about what you do specifically with some of these shows and some of the upcoming shows. So for example, the first show you have is the it's actually not the musical it's the one man play a bronx tale so that sherry marcucci okay boom market that show well in waterbury connecticut to market a bronx is not that different it's a show made for our geographic location it's first of all let's talk about what the show is and isn't the show is somewhat autobiographical, written by Chaz Palminteri, stars in this one-man production. Chaz developed the show back out about 20 years ago on the West Coast, and it was a success out there. Then Robert De Niro saw it and said, hey, I want to make, I want to direct this as a movie. It became the movie that became an iconic movie, and all about, it's really in its simplest form, the story is a coming-of-age story. It's about a young boy who is growing up in the Bronx, and uh, you know his family is typical Italian family of that time period in that um, geographic location. And there are some other figures that 
are in the neighborhood, so, so we say, who might not be the best influences. And he kind of, you know, has a, a moment in where he has to make some a decision. Which way is he going to go? You know, one of those fork in the road life moments. It's a great story. And I think whether you're Italian, it doesn't matter. These coming of age stories are really non, um, they don't, you don't have to be a certain ethnicity to identify because it's about family and we all come from a family. So the dad and the young boy in the story really, you know, there's a, some poignant moments there. So it became the iconic movie. And then someone in their genius said, hey, it's such a good story. Let's make it into a Broadway musical. And they did. And um, it was hugely successful. And then it began to tour. And so we actually had, in 2019, we, we opened our season with A Bronx Tale the Musical. And it was thrilling because Chaz came on opening night. And that was like such a thrill for the audience. He, at the end of the show, came up on stage and thanked people for coming and, you know, told a little bit about how it was. The impetus had came from his own childhood. And of course, he took some creative license and, uh, you know, to make it an interesting story. But it really does have its um, roots in his own um, childhood. So that's our opening show on October 1st. So for three performances, Chaz Palminteri will be at the Palace Theater in Waterbury, not only be there, but performing one-man show. I don't know about you, but I've seen some one-man um, productions or one-person productions. They're fascinating. It's su- That's such an actor's, like, it must be, uh, you know, to, to, to have that kind of a role because you, you really get to show your acting chops. You're playing, in this case, Chaz will be playing 30 different characters. Sherry, all these great stories and talking about the upcoming season. And we've done this previously, but our time is running short. So here's what I'm proposing. Let's talk quickly about Anastasia, and then we're going to have you back and talk about all the other shows to give people an insider look about those shows and what's being done for them. So let's do a quick summation of Anastasia and then let you go and we'll have you back. Okay, well, I'm glad to come back. And Anastasia is an interesting situation for us because we did this in uh, 2019 season before COVID shut everything down. The play that goes wrong, we shared that week-long engagement with the Schubert Theater in New Haven. And that is the case, again, with Anastasia. We will have it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they will have it Friday, Saturday, Saturday evening. You know. So let me explain why we are doing this. People might say, why, why would you share an engagement with another theater in your state? And I always say this about Connecticut. If anybody's listening to this and you're somewhere in the Midwest, for instance, you may not have the same luxury we enjoy in Connecticut. And that is we're a small state and we are theater rich. We have venues as close as 10 minutes from your home, 20 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes tops to, I think, go from one side of the state to another to a venue. So the Schubert in New Haven is only like, I don't know, 17 minutes away, 20 miles from us, from our venue. Why would we want to do that? But the thing is, we 
like I said, we're theater rich and we've gotten spoiled in Connecticut. We don't want to travel too far if we don't have to. So the reason for Frank Tavera, um, once again, our CEO who books our Broadway series shows. By the way, a lot of these shows were meant to be in our season last year, that the season that just never happened. So when we share a show, we are able to get certain titles. When we share a show with um, a venue such as the Schubert, who is about 1,700, 1,600 seats, we're able to collectively, by collaborating, book shows we wouldn't get on our own power. You know, so we collaborate and each venue then gets to bring in a fabulous title to their own venue. And we will share in some of the marketing and the marketing expenses as well, which is wonderful. And I love working with the fabulous Anthony Lupinacci from Schubert, who is, he's remarkable. He's been with the Schubert, like, I think, I don't know, close to 30 years. He's a great, great resource. And he's been, you know, just, I learned so much by working with him. So we're doing Anastasia. Now that story, again, here's a story from real life about the, of course, the Romanoff family and Anastasia, the missing princess, and Disney turned it into a hugely popular movie. The movie, however, is not the same as the musical that was created, by the way, in Connecticut at Hartford Stage. So I want to give props where it's due, certainly. And that's the other thing. Hartford Stage is a producing theater, just as Goodspeed is, just as Long Wharf is, just as Seven Angels in, in a lot of areas. It's wonderful to work in concert and have these producing houses create product that goes to Broadway and then goes back out on the road. What a cool thing that is. And again, it's just another part of the industry that, you know, if you're not part of that industry, would necessarily put two and two together and and know that. But when Hartford Stage created the musical, it's a very different, it's more true to the historical side of what actually happened than the movie. In the movie, I think Rasputin is a very comical character, and certainly he was not a comical character in real life. I'm going to stop you there. Hold the audience captive. Because we're, we're going to have to schedule maybe two or three more times with you with all these oh my great recollections and descriptions. So, uh, Sherry, let me thank you for being on the Broadway Buzz. And okay. uh, as soon as we sign off, we'll sign contracts for your next appearance. <laughs> okay, Stu, so we right. can negotiate that. Great. I think. <laughs> You've been listening to the Thanks. Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune in to soundsofbroadway.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me on our next podcast episode. Until then, stay safe, be well, and be informed with the Broadway buzz. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place.